Welcome to another Quantum Conversation, brought to you by AcousticHealth.com. I'm Loren Gailey, and I invite you to sit back as we enter the Quantum Realm, that space of the greater part of you. It is your connection to infinite possibilities, infinite potential, and infinite mastery. Welcome to this Quantum Conversation. We are back with the ET Ascended Masters with ET Walkins, Somra, and Jaron. They have been working together for nearly 30 years now. Their story is quite interesting. They're twin flames, but it's not the twin flames that most are used to. And that's an interesting story in itself. Today, we are here to talk with Aj Rukai, who is a 12D ET Ascended Master. Let's welcome Somra and Jaron. Welcome again. We're glad to see you. Hello. Hey. So before we get started, we're going to direct people to our archives because um, you both are ET walk-ins. And Somra, you have shared your story of your walk-ins and how you met your twin. And Jaron is your twin. You're not married. You're not um, romantic in that way but you are partners on this journey, doing significant work together. Can you share briefly uh, your story on that? Well, um, as I mentioned in the archives that everyone has actually more than one twin. There's a lot of misunderstanding about all that and that's a whole subject unto itself, but um, it's not the same as your other half or your split apart. That's something different, but a twin, a twin is when your souls are in such similar resonance that you're basically the same soul on a, on a vibrational level, so to speak. And so um, I was guided to the where I was living before in another state in the U.S. I was I was guided. I'm going to be moving soon in a few weeks, and I knew I was going to meet my twin. And I knew that I actually had five on the planet at that time, and um, but that one was coming into phase. Where, in other words, it was like you know the soul always has contingency plans, and so if one is not developed at a certain level yet, or um, something like that, by the time that the souls had planned to meet, then another one might be coming into phase. And that one's more in resonance for the new direction. Because, you know, once you enter the lifetime, there are many uh, pathways as the as the person, personality makes choices and decisions that puts you on different paths. And so I knew that that one was coming into phase and I was going to be uh, meeting him. And within a few months after I moved to the location I was guided to, um, we did meet. And um, it's kind of funny because the place I, I was house sitting and the place where I was at the, the somewhat, someone who was coordinating his groups had called for the person who I was house sitting for. And I answered the phone and we ended up striking up a conversation and she was talking about, hey, there's this channeling group and blah, blah, blah. And I had been in a channeling group for a few years in my other location. And I was like, oh, I'm kind of enough with channeling groups for now. And I was actually meant to go and meet him. But there were several other points in the timeline, the masters told us later. And so we actually met him coming to one of my sound, sound channeling events. And it was like, just, you know, clear there was a resonance right away. There was a, a common peacefulness. 
And uh, little did we know there was all kinds of other stuff in the background because as, as anybody who knows in depth about twins, you mirror all your stuff as well as your power. <laughs> and so that was one of the challenging things. So we tried to do relationship in the typical uh, relationship kind of 3D way and it just it just never worked because our personalities were um, or were so different and and different priorities and but our soul level basically the master said from the heart chakra up we we're very much in resonance and so once we realized that I mean we we married and everything and um, and there were lots of benefits to all of that and there were beautiful times as well but we found that it we just needed to eliminate that element of our relationship and um you know do a lot of personal work because we were reflecting our, our you know our unconscious stuff and uh after that i mean we came together came apart came together came apart many times and uh then after we got to all that unconscious packages that i've talked about in prior episodes healed a significant level of that now we're able to to groove and flow fairly well without triggering each other in the in the uncomfortable way i mean there's still moments but we're able to manage it much better and and so we can accomplish what we're here to accomplish as uh powerful twin souls and um and so without all that hoopla that's out there in many spiritual circles about, you know, fantasies about what twins are supposed to be, it's just not like that. There's many kinds. I know twins who are same gender and, and not homosexual who've come together to do, you know, things. So there's all kinds of variations about that whole twin thing. Well, thank you for sharing that because it illustrates the new way of relationships or a, a mature way to move forward, still collaborating together and uh, evolving into a fifth dimensional level. And yeah. that's what we're going to talk about today, your 5D future, what to expect and how to prepare. And so this is interesting because Jiran is going to channel Ajra Kai and she is a 12th dimensional ET ascended master. So let's have you share more on how she came to work with both of you and um, what she has to say, what her message is. Yeah, well, several years ago, I guess it was around 2000. Actually, I guess the seed of this was planted a little before that because I was attending a uh, group channeling back in the mid to late 90s. And one of the questions was to the, to the channel, uh, or to the master who was channeling, it's like, why aren't there more female masters coming through channels? And and I don't remember what the response was, but that really stuck in my head. And then, uh, you know, a few years later, it's like, man, it'd be really great to have a female master to share just because it's different energy. And, you know, also it, it seemed to me, especially then, but it's, I guess it's still true now, that uh, you know that sometimes uh, women's issues or women's uh, needs need a female to respond. And so for a while, I was doing groups that were, except for this body, it was literally all all females. And I would go out of the room, bring in Ajra Kai, she would come up and do the group. And, you know, she's all about empowerment, you know, regardless of, you know, your gender. Um, 
but it was a really special experience to be able to offer that to people. Um, and yeah. And so, I mean, she's taught classes, her and, uh, I guess you can say me, but it, it seems like it's more her and Somer. I've, uh, taught classes together, uh, over the years that have been really powerful. And I just, just love to watch her work because she's really amazing when it comes to being present with people and really upholding that uh, sense of power and really validating people in their power. Um, it's, it, you know, she's, she's firm and soft at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> There's some share her image here. Let's do that. Okay. And, and so she ascended from the Pleiades, the, Ple the Pleiades, 26,000 years ago. Yes. Yes. And her story is interesting because um, she had been going through, you know, several incarnations in the Pleiades. And then she actually went forward in time in order to have a lifetime and what we call the dark ages of Europe. And it was not a very pleasant lifetime for her, but she learned a lot of, um, not only to support her own evolution, but to be able to support humanity in this time that we're going through now. And so she did that lifetime where, uh, as best I recall, she lived actually an unusually long lifetime and uh, then went back to the Pleiades to finish out her incarnational cycle and then ascended about, I think it was 26,500 years ago or so. Mm -hmm. And, and I can add one of the things, the key things is she moved forward in time to that point to have that incarnation on earth, a part of knowing that she was going to assist at this time period on earth, assist humanity, but also for her own personal evolution. Um, she chose that lifetime, but it was a very difficult lifetime, like he was saying, but also uh, experience being violated by the guard who was uh, meant to protect her. And that was key to her story in that uh, as well as that whole lifetime, you know, women often were, uh, you know, you're just property. And so a marriage was basically shifting ownership from your father to the husband. And so she experienced all of that. And that essence still permeates consciousness today. And we know that the divine uh, feminine, there's a lot of talk about that. We're awakening to that. And, and she's very much a part of that uh, flow but the whole thing about helping empower women and men too, but that whole experience, you know, a lot of people have been violated in their childhood one way or another, sexually uh, or some other way, psychologically, emotionally, or all of that. And so she has, she embodies that experience, has walked through it, transcended it and become empowered through it. Like I have in a lot of my teachings and Duran as well. And so that's a big key is what she offers. She emanates that having walked through that, having trans transmuted it and awakened and ultimately ascended. Okay. I was going to ask then. So when that experience happened, what dimension was she in? Were they in 5D at that time? Were they in 4D? And this was the Pleiades. I think it was a 5D, but you might have to ask her. What do you get, Jerron? No, I think it was a, the, the world she was living in before she ascended was a 4D world. Okay. Because you wouldn't think that that violation would happen in 5D. 
Well, oh, no, here. not that world. You're on this planet in the dark ages. So this was around 600 AD on Earth. That's the lifetime. The, the violation didn't happen in the Pleiades. Okay. All right. So she ascended into 12D 26,000 years ago and then came here to Earth. For that one lifetime. One because, no, yeah. No, no. She, she was still incarnating. She hadn't descended yet when she came here for that lifetime. Oh, I see what she was asking. Yeah. Yeah. yeah she hadn't ascended yet, but this life, the lifetime she had here on this earth was a part of that incarnational cycle. See. And so she had progressed to a certain point, and then her next step basically was to have that lifetime here on Earth uh, during the Dark Ages. And then she went back in time and finished out her, I guess, 3 and 4D incarnational cycle and ascended. And then she's been working up through the dimensions ever since to be at 12D now, basically. Fascinating. All right. And she's going to share with us our evolution now. And that would be wonderful to learn how close we are to it and what the necessary mechanics are or the requirements, the mandatory requirements that are necessary. And I don't even know if that's the correct word, requirements, mandatory. You would think that it, it, there's something mandatory here. Do you each want to address that before we go to the channeling? Do you want to take that, Jaron? It's not about rules and it's not about dogma. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But there are, it's like, you know, which, you know, all of the ET masters I channel have emphasized over the years that there's a, you know, a certain set of principles that govern this entire universe. And if you align yourself with those principles, if you practice those principles, then you're basically aligning yourself with source consciousness and, you know, and progress in alignment with that, which is going to be a constantly evolving path. So while, you know, there's not technically any rules other than, you know, this is a free will universe, so you get to choose your path, basically. Um, but there, you know, if you want to evolve, there absolutely are certain principles that facilitate that, just like there can be activities. It's like if you wanted to, uh, get healthy, there might be certain activities that fall into the category of this gets me healthy and things that don't fall in that category, maybe don't get you healthy. And so it's that kind of thing. And so not rules necessarily, but, but guidelines and, uh, you know, principles and practices that not only facilitate awakening and ascension, but actually can make it a lot easier. Um, you know, one of the points in the, the book that she just wrote, uh, was it uh, unlocking the treasures of your soul? Uh, she makes some really, uh, what was your word for that, Summer? A wowifying point. Wowifying, wowifying um, statements. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, truth, truths uh, about um, about the soul's perspective. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like you know we we have this this level of knowledge, if you will, uh, level of consciousness or whatever, and they're always inviting us beyond that it's kind of like offering little teasers and sometimes just point blank saying look this works better than that uh in terms of you know facilitating spiritual growth evolution you know your awakening and 
I love that about them. I love that they, of course, I like this too, the idea of clarifying misunderstandings. I'm big on that. Uh, but they they are too. And a lot of times, you know, I remember a, a quote I read in the Reader's Digest when I was a kid. And I'm sure some people on here won't even know who Will Rogers is. But uh, the the quote was something to the effect of, it's not what we don't know that hurts us. It's what we do know that isn't true. Mm. And that stuck with me ever since I was a kid. And, and that's, that's really true. It's really true. We're all about clarifying. There's so many misunderstandings in spiritual circles and, and people are confused. It's like, am I a soul? Am I a human? What is the ego? All that kind of stuff, or they have ideas. They think they know what the ego is, but they don't realize they are the ego. <laughs> You know, the, the personality is the ego. And so understanding that about yourself and how to work with that is a lot of what we, what we teach and facilitate among many things. Yeah. Yeah. It's about being, uh, you know, if I could put it in a nutshell, it's by, about being like ultra aware, no ultra present with yourself um, and, and learning how to do that. Yes. Okay. Well, is there anything you'd like to share or summarize about the teachings that she brings forward uh, before we get to the channeling? Tom, you want to take that? Well, I can mention um, some of the work that particularly that she and I did. Um, there's a type of facilitation work that our ET uh, Ascendant Master Collective um, teaches and works with. And there are many levels and many um facets of it and so since i was an energy worker body worker all of that stuff back in the day and very dedicated to awakening because to me body work and energy work is all about consciousness it wasn't uh, the body is just a representation of consciousness it wasn't about healing of the physical body the healing happens in the physical body when the consciousness shifts every condition in the body is uh relates to something in the consciousness that's out of tune uh, or contradictory, operating contradictory to oneness, to source, to soul. And so it's a, it's a type of facilitation where we assist people to attune to soul and to source. And so she initiated me into that in uh, 2004, Azure Kai did, and as a, as a teacher. And um, I'm currently still the only one on earth who who knows and does this. And we may we may bring these classes back at some point, but we did a few. And we, uh, Audra Kai and I worked together. We actually did the presentation together at times. And then I taught a lot of the, there's a hands-on element as well as a, a distant element, so to speak. There really is no distance. But um, the point in all of that is to understand that, you know, we talk about you, you know, Loren, we've talked about our higher team is working on you and working on our listeners and all of that. That's really true. That's literal. We are facilitating every time we're in any type of contest text like this, we are facilitating simultaneously and everything that the masters write, every audio we produce, every interaction we are facilitating. It's not about just sharing information for your mind. So everybody listening, the more open you are and relaxed as you're listening and with your attention on your heart, listening, not your mind trying to get it or figure out, it's going to shift things, unlock doors in your consciousness, attune you to your soul presence. That's what we're all about, helping you connect with your inner wisdom, inner knowing, and, and understand the distinction between what you think and who you actually are. 
And so, hey, you know, we're offering it right now for free. So soak it up, folks. Soak it up. <laughs> okay, beautiful. Well, thank you. I think we can already start to feel the shifts as we really do relax here into this. And so wonderful. We're going to talk about your 5D future. And we're going to ask as well, how soon or how close that actually is. And we have just passed in this year, March 23rd, uh, Pluto is fully in Aquarius now. And um, did you guys notice anything with that frequency that came or that we've experienced the energies? There's been shifts and up levelings happening all over the place. It's like there's not a day that goes by where we're not feeling something. Uh, I, I speak for myself. And and it's bringing up stuff for people. You know, Pluto, um, you know, I'm not an astrologer, but I associate that a lot with the unconscious. You know, it's bringing up this, you know, buried unconscious stuff. So, you know, folks, if you're still feeling challenged, it's understandable because there's a lot of unconscious stuff coming up. And a lot of tools we teach and stuff is to help people move through that. Jaron, did you want to add anything about the, the gateways and the flows yeah. happening? Yeah, it's like, okay, so which one today kind of thing, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> basically. Because uh, honestly, I I don't pay as much attention to that as maybe I could. But it's like, as I go through, you know, my days, weeks, whatever, there there's days when I'm definitely on an upswing and on a ride that. And there's days when it feels like I'm trying to jog through gravel. And it's like, okay, I'll just, you know, keep putting one foot in front of the other because it's going to clear eventually. And, you know, I'll take whatever steps are necessary to do that. Um, you know, I think it's all relevant and it's helpful to know, um, you know, about these different influences for sure. And ultimately it still comes down for me, it still comes down to, okay, you know, what, what's up for me today? You know, where's my, heart carrying me today or what what issues need to be addressed today that kind of thing and uh you know just keep putting one foot in front of the other that's a good uh that's a good way to go and you know it's it's more of an awareness it seems lately where people are just saying or even in my own life too wow the energy is weird today it's <laughs> <The energy laughs> weird today and the way it gets weird is because it's that unconscious stuff coming up and yeah. so as we know that, as we understand that it's just unconscious stuff coming up, asking us to be anchored in the heart and, and fully present and ultra aware, ultra present and ultra aware. So it seems that even though it might be turbulent and bumpy, we get better at what we're doing when we are ultra aware and ultra present. And that really is the requirement. Being authentic, being authentic with where you're at, you know, this is how I feel today, you know, and, you know, it, it's really not the energies feel weird as much as I feel weird. Yes. And that's, that's one of those shifts into oneness thinking. Okay. It's not about it out there. Mm. It's about how I feel. And the more you own how you feel, the more self-aware you become. You just be with it and the more it can flow through and it's not weird anymore. Okay. So it's not the energy that's really good because we're going to continue to just feel weird and we're yes. like the energy. And that's a good point. That really is a good point. 
So instead of saying, and I've, I say that all the time, I look, I look around at experiences people are having and it's like, wow, the energy is weird today. But you know what? We are weird today. Yeah. <laughs> we are weird today because there's, is it the soul wanting us to attune to it and source more Always. and we're resisting it? That's why we feel weird. Is that what's happening where the energy is supporting us to attuned to source and soul but we're resisting it do you want to take that Jerron? yeah i would say well i would say to some degree i don't necessarily know that we're resisting it necessarily or at least not consciously resisting it but it's it's like you know there probably is resistance and until we're fully unified there's going to be some kind of resistance right and you know yeah and then the purpose of encountering these things is to help us become aware of the stuff that's still in the way of fully realizing our oneness and it's just it's part of the process you know it's not not good or bad right or wrong or any of that it's just part of the process you know back in the old days when i used to build houses for a living you know some of the work was not fun you know there was ditches to dig and, and holes to dig and and it's like okay this isn't fun or there'd be a lot of maybe some stuff in a remodel job where you're clearing out a bunch of old stuff before you can actually start on what you actually want to be doing. And it's like, well, this isn't fun necessarily, but it's part of the process. And if I want to get to the fun stuff, I have to go through clearing this other stuff out. And it's just, I mean, it's just a practical thing. Again, not fun. You know, I'm not going to get any ego accolades for, uh, what I call through slogging through the cesspool, but you know the payoff is is great for doing that. And, and there's another level to this too, you know, about resistance. Like he said, you know, if it, it's unconscious, it's not like you know resisting necessarily. It's just you're up leveling, you're shifting to a, a new, you're expanding to the next level of reality, and it it's like the ego has con has been conditioned we know it's like this is reality this is how it is and it will want to stick to that and when something's presented like a galactic frequency so to speak whether the person's conscious of it or not and it's different from what the ego is used to then it feels weird but really it's this that's the self that feels weird and that feels uncomfortable usually because the ego is is, is a mechanism designed for survival and so anything that's different can be interpreted automatically as, uh-oh, a threat to survival. And we start to tense up. And we got a really great example of the grandkids visited this past weekend. And one of them was, she she was telling us about how there's this joke. She's, a, she's almost 12 years old. And this joke on YouTube or something about this girl pretending, blaming everything on this, this ghost behind her that isn't there, so to speak. So she had adapted that and has been making this joke amongst her friends and everybody. Oh, that's just, you know, the so-and-so and acting like they're there. What we perceived, she was actually drawing a real entity to her. Okay. So we're sitting there at the dinner table and she's telling us about this while I have piano music playing and static starts happening on the CD player. And it's like, what's going on? And I go change it out and all that. And, and, and the lights are flickering. Okay. And I said, you know, those are usually signs that there's a ghost in the room. This is, you know, you don't want to keep doing this because you're going to draw it to, to you. And, uh, and Jerron chimed in about that too. And she was like, wait, what? This could be real. 
And um and and she's like, I don't want that. And as soon as as soon and I said, Yeah, just call an Archangel Michael, you know, call an Archangel Michael and tell tell him to remove any entities around you and help you feel safe. And so she just sort of did that. I gave her a phrase to say, she sort of did it like like just casually, and boom, the light stopped flickering and the static stopped. And yeah. she was like, Whoa. Is this really, this is really real. Oh my God. And she just started rambling. Oh my God, this could be really real. And I don't know if I can accept this because it changes my whole reality. She uh -huh. literally said that. And I was like, I was asking spirit, you know, give me, give me a, a, a message, you know, that I can share with people because children are such great um, teachers and demonstrators about what our inner children believed and hang on to that are still controlling our lives. And so she said it beautifully. And, and so we tried to talk her through it about this is actually normal. It's just, you're not used to it. It's not common, but this is actually normal. Okay. Just not common and it's okay. You're perfectly safe. Just call an Archangel Michael and uh, can help you. And you don't have, she was trying to avoid it. Let's not talk about it. And I'm like, you don't have to be afraid and not talk about ghosts. All you do is call on higher help. You have the power to do something about it. So she did, she demonstrated, she got it. And she's like, okay, after that, this was the second funny part. She was like, okay, so what I need to do is I need to just call an Archangel Mike. And we just all burst out laughing. <laughs> it's like Archangel Mike, you know, and uh, that'll work, but it's Michael. And yeah, and, and you, there's all kinds of support to help you. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid of the weirdness you're feeling. Okay. Yes, it is. You're shifting reality. So she had her mindset on a certain reality. This is what reality is. And those things are fantasy. And now suddenly it's presented that it's real or could be real. And that feels scary to the ego, but you just relax into it and know you're okay. We've got the higher help. If you need your ego needs help feeling safe, like Archangel Michael or whomever that you relate to your guides and angels. And you can expand to that next level, which is what you're here to do. And it's okay. Mm, thank you for sharing that. Yes. Um, all right. Beautiful, beautiful. And, and you've helped put it all in perspective for us. And we're going to have some good questions here as we speak on this topic of your 5D future as Jaron channels Ajra Kai. So is there anything else you guys want to say before we go there? Mm, yeah, okay. I think not. Okay. Uh, other than, you know, just like before, Lorena, I'd like to do that little brief little visualization, kind of get us all in sync. Uh, anybody watching is welcome to participate along with us. And it's okay if you don't, but kind of helps me get centered. And yeah, yeah. and then, you know, I'll bring Ajakai in and she'll introduce herself and take it from there. And I'm going to share her image as you bring her in. Cool. Okay, very good. All right, welcome well, to bring your attention to your heart chakra and begin to breathe into that space. Invite your body to relax as you breathe. As you continue to breathe and relax, envision a radiant golden light within the heart chakra representing the purest essence of divine love, your own soul's presence. 
see and feel that light expand with every inhale. Completely filling and surrounding your body in its radiance. And just breathe in that space a few moments. Well, hello, 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 beloved family. It is Azra Kai. I'm delighted to share with you all today. Hello. So where would you like to start or shall I just dive right in? <laughs> well, we are here to talk about our 5D future, what to expect and how to prepare. So please. Tell us about this. I think the, the, the big question is that most want to know is when is this going to happen? Is there a time? Is there a, a, a place? Is it going to be soon? We're ready. Mm. I, I love that question. And I love it for a couple of reasons. One, I'll probably be giving a surprising answer to that question. Two, it's beautiful that so many are aspiring to achieve that 5d consciousness state that state of oneness you know there's something deep within the soul memory of everyone but certainly and especially uh light workers star seeds etc that really resonates with that uh, oneness consciousness and it's because you know you've been there before and in fact you know it's not a matter of a when so much as it is a where, and the where is here. Because 5D consciousness really, oneness consciousness really is a state of consciousness that it permeates all of reality. Okay. So it literally is right here, right now. And the beautiful thing about that is. You don't have to necessarily wait for a particular alignment. You don't necessarily have to wait for a particular uh, condition in this version of reality to occur. It really is a matter of just choosing to tap into it, to acknowledge its existence and tap into it right here, right now, anytime you choose, every time you choose. Because, you know, what is oneness consciousness? Well, really, it's just that state of pure love that is what the universe is you know source consciousness is pure unconditional love and that is at the core of every being every being 
And so it's there and the closest access you have to it is really right within your own heart. Um, over the millennia, we watched beings approaching oneness from many different directions. So it's not like there's any one right way to do it. There's the way that works for you. And so what I would encourage of anybody and everybody is, is find that way that works for you. It's like, what is loving for you? It's like whenever you recognize a connection with anything or anyone, and it's, I mean, that's your, your pet, your puppy or your cat or your cockatoo, you know, if it's a favorite uh, color, a favorite piece of art, a favorite nature scene or a place to visit, you know, and you're really present, emotionally present with that experience where you're really allowing yourself to appreciate what you're experiencing. It certainly could be in your relationships where you're connecting with people in various ways. And I don't just mean romantically, I mean, in any way, you know, it's like anytime you recognize a similarity, you know, and maybe you don't even know what that similarity is, but you feel a resonance, you recognize a resonance with some other person. Maybe it's somebody you know or know pretty well. Maybe it's somebody that you just met, but you recognize that there's some sort of kinship there. It's like being wor worth uh, taking the time to explore that. It's worth it to do that if, if at all you have the opportunity because that helps you connect more consciously with that oneness state. So, you know, if I were walking along and I recognized a resonance with someone and it was practical and, and plausible to do that, I might say, hey, you know, what's up? Uh, obviously, that would be easier to do like in a group where everybody's gathered for a common purpose. Um, but it could happen anytime. And, you know, one of the things that this world is coming to is really getting more open about that. Because, see, as the energies light us up here in this world, okay, as people's souls are being sparked, as your awareness is invited to expand, then you're going to be recognizing more and more of what I would call your kindred spirits. And, you know, maybe these are people that are part of your soul group or your soul family that chose to incarnate um, in order to accomplish a particular purpose in this life. Or maybe it's just people who have that similar resonance. You know, if you want to think about it in terms of everybody's like a jar of marbles, right? And there are all these different colors of marbles that are in your jar. And so if you've got a dozen green marbles, you're going to recognize anybody with a green marble. And maybe they've got one or maybe they've got a thousand, but you're going to recognize that resonance based on that same frequency. And it can be really beautiful to discover what that's really all about. It's like, you know, what is that common interest? And if you can't ask the question out loud, and if you can't ask that question of the person, you can still ask the question of your spirit. You can ask the question of your soul. And basically, okay, so look, what is this about? I wonder. And you might be surprised, and I really want to encourage you to practice this in conversations with people. And it really could be about anything. Say you're curious about, I wonder what their favorite kind of book to read is, or their favorite kind of television show is to watch. Don't ask them, just wonder. Wonder within yourself, just quietly within the silence of your own heart and mind, wonder and see how long it takes for them to answer the question without you asking. 
And what you're doing there is you're making the connection on a higher level of consciousness. And you're also able to recognize that that connection is made when they respond to your question. And, you know, maybe it's not in the next five minutes, maybe it's sometime next week, but still it can be really fun to play that particular consciousness game with everyone and everything about anything that's interesting to you. Because see, you're developing your consciousness muscles, part of which are your natural manifesting abilities. And those abilities mean that really you are a magnet for whatever it is that you desire. The challenge is you're also a magnet for things you don't desire, but just based on um, adverse beliefs that are tucked away somewhere in your subconscious. And so those manifest too, but you can always wonder about those. It's like, what's the solution to this? Or as I know, John Cedi said earlier, it's like, what's the benefit? You know, it's like, how can we learn? How can we uh, grow in the most, not necessarily self-contained way, but self-empowered way possible? And you get to initiate that. And that's part of cultivating your power because part of oneness consciousness is being fully conscious of the power and the presence that you are, that power of love that you are, the power of joy. And a lot of people won't think of joy as a power, but it really is the power of gratitude that you are, the power of appreciation that you are, because everything that source is, you are. And all of that is some level of power, presence, but really the same thing from our perspective that you can tap into and utilize in your daily life. So, you know, what the world is coming to is a place where humanity recognizes the grandeur of each and every being. You know, you'll be able to see that. You know, it's like whenever I look at you, I don't see your bodies. I see basically these kaleidoscopic bubbles of light within an ocean of light that are quite exquisite. And some people might say, it's like, well, you know, but I got all this stuff and I, you know, been through this trauma or whatever. It's like still kaleidoscopic bubble of light and quite beautiful. And so, you know, if you begin to think of yourself that way and begin to think of others that way, and it's like, what does that light represent? Well, what's beautiful about you? What's beautiful about the people you interact with? And wonder about that. Let yourself wonder. You know, what's, uh, John likes to say, what's cool about you? Um, I don't necessarily get the cool word, but for him that works. So, but what's beautiful about this person that I'm talking to? You don't have to ask them because they may not say, they may not know. But if you ask, you help draw that out of them. And when you wonder it about yourself, you help draw it out of you. You may be shocked to know just how amazing you really are. And that's part of this developmental process of awakening to oneness. And, you know, as more and more people do that, you will be connecting more, you know, whether it's in person or through the Internet or tele uh, through telepathy and empathy. You absolutely will be connecting more. I'm already watching that happen. It's been happening now for quite some time. And it's actually growing. You know, the the uh, instances that are experiences of that are actually growing. And a lot of times what people feel, you were talking about that weirdness or, or fe that feeling weird. And sometimes 
what that is, is you're actually connecting with other beings, but it's happening subconsciously. And these may be beings that are on the planet here with you. They, are, they may be beings that exist at a higher level of consciousness that are your guides and angels, but they're helping to basically stoke that fire of your consciousness so that you awaken more fully. One of the most powerful things that you can do to advance your evolution is to wonder about things, to ask questions. You know, your brain is already, your mind is already a question answering machine. It's just a matter of what questions are you asking? And so the more you ask questions that are in alignment with oneness consciousness, which would in fact be questions about oneness consciousness, what it's like, what it feels like, you know, what does it feel like to be in pure joy? What if the worst you could feel was peaceful? In oneness consciousness, that's what it's like. It just, you can't feel any worse than peaceful. You can't feel any worse than joyful. You can't feel any worse than loving. And then it becomes to what degree of love or joy or peace can I feel? And that can grow indefinitely. There's no end. So, you know, own that. Own that it exists for you now. This idea that it's somewhere else is really just one of those 3D uh, illusions because it is. You are there. It's just a matter of becoming more aware of there, which is really here. I am love here now. Remind yourself of that as often as you possibly can. I am joy here now. I am peace here now. And then put your attention on your body. Put your attention on your heart and aim to feel that. And think of things that help remind you of that. Whatever happy times that you've had in your life, whatever things that you already naturally consider beautiful, spend a few minutes or many minutes being with those things, whether in your mind or imagination, in your memory, or in real life, okay? Because that 30 minutes you spend walking in nature, hearing the birds, feeling the breeze, smelling the flowers, you know, the more present you are with your appreciation of that experience, the more attuned you become to the real within you. And that's really the point. Being in oneness consciousness is being absolutely attuned to and conscious of and um, awakened to, present with the real, authentic, divine presence that you are. And it's quite exquisite, I assure you. Mm, thank you so much for that. So we're not going anywhere. There's no timeline because it's here. We just have to attune to it. It's here. We have to realize it, actualize it within ourselves. And so when we say new earth is within us, it's a vibration. It's here. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I get that it's hard a lot of times for egos to comprehend that. But... You won't find it if you don't look for it. And it's beings like us that are here to tell you to look for it so that you can find it right there within your own heart. 
Yeah, you are the embodiment of the new earth. You are the embodiment of 5D. Ah, I love that. You are the embodiment of 5D. So can I ask about the ego? Please. And maybe you could share on your own personal journey on how you transcended the ego. What was that like? What, <laughs> what do we do? Because we have been saying, especially since 2022, it has felt like the ego, the mind, and the heart are at war where we can feel and sense things, but there's a, this ego coming in that absolutely wants to say that it's wrong. The feelings of the heart. Mm. Or judging. Feeling as, as if the, the mind or the ego is judging us for the way our hearts feel. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And, you know, in a way that's understandable given that you know well it's not true all over the planet it, it is a pretty prevalent assumption to focus on you know the mental or the masculine or the the logical or rational mind if you will and so anything different from that can sometimes be assumed to be less than that when in fact in a lot of cases the actual opposite is true you know, the ego itself is a very beautiful mechanism. It's a, it's a requirement to for souls to interface with this version of reality. Uh, you literally, as a soul, couldn't do so or couldn't do so nearly as effectively without that ego uh, to create that interface. The challenge is that the ego gets filled with all sorts of beliefs that aren't really true or they're only relatively true. You know, it's like, you know, whatever size shoe you wore when you were five years old is probably not the size shoe you wear today. So that's a relative truth. You know, it's like I don't just wear whatever that size was. You grew out of it. And, you know, the same thing is really true for anything you learn here in this version of reality. Most of it is designed to help you function in this version of reality and to some extent to stay in this version of reality and it can't really help you get beyond this version of reality because it's not designed for that okay and so the wisdom required has to come from beyond this version of reality if you're going to get there and ego is naturally going to resist that because it's like well you know i have my comfortable known and so it's like, this is what I'm familiar with. This is what makes sense. And it may, in fact, make sense. That doesn't mean it's the most expansive. It doesn't mean it's the most progressive of ideas, you know. Um, and so your heart is always wanting to open to more. And exercising your imagination helps make it possible for your heart to open to more. And you know, the heart is not wrong. The feet, your feelings are certainly not wrong. Um, the thing about feelings, and one of the things we notice here in this version of reality is, on the one hand, you have the feeling, but then you have the mind interpreting that feeling. And while the feeling itself is pure, the emotion itself is pure, but the interpretation may not be the most accurate or what it means to you 
may not be the most accurate. But whenever you run into those clashes, it's a prime opportunity to be grateful for the doubt or to be grateful for the, the resistance and just say, okay, wait a minute, let me clarify this. Let me get a little more present with this thing that my conditioned mind wants to resist. Okay. Because if it's a, whether we classify feelings as being really from your soul and we classify emotions as really being ego-based, but either way, emotions or feelings, okay, the more present you get with them, the clearer you can be about what they actually are, what they actually mean and what service they're there to provide. Because it's just like, you know, it's like if you were to stub your toe and you feel a feeling or emotion or certainly a physical sensation of pain from stubbing your toe. Well, that's really an act of love. That's your body saying, hey, here's, here's something that needs loving attention. Well, emotions and especially negative emotions are the same thing. It's something It's just your consciousness saying, hey, there's something here that needs loving attention. And so when you bring loving attention to these conflicting parts of the ego, it helps to reconcile that and balance it out. Now, I'm not saying you can't go much further and into much more detail in discovering exactly what's going on with that, you know, because beliefs really are changeable. And it doesn't matter how long you've had the belief, whether it's for all of this lifetime or 100 lifetimes, it's totally changeable. And it's just a matter of recognizing, ah, this no longer corresponds to my reality. And, but you have to be present with it to really get that. And there's nothing to be afraid of in those beliefs or those emotions. It's just, okay, here is an element of my consciousness that may have served me very well before now. But now that I'm evolving, I'm literally growing out of this belief, just like I'm grow, I grew out of that pair of shoes that I wore when I was five years old. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. Thank you for that. Oh, you're right. very welcome. Really beautiful and um, uh, really helpful there. Exercise the imagination and the heart will open. That is noteworthy right there. And so let's talk more about some things that are um, up on the discussion table here. You'd mentioned telepathy and empathy and asking the questions with consciousness. It's almost as if we're already experiencing telepathy in a way because we're there, we're doing it. I've got instances of it myself and I know I've, uh, people listening and watching have too. It seems like that skill is coming more online. Yes. And it's from this resonance. It's from soul to soul connection. Do you want to speak more about telepathy, empathy, these abilities? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, see, a lot of your technology is really mimicking what you, nat the natural abilities you have, right? So, you know, and as you begin to awaken, one of the things we notice about, um, well, it's true of both telepathy and empathy. It seems to be uh, more influential with respect to telepathy. It's like whenever the mind is accustomed to thinking in a certain way, it's like you have these tracks in your brain that say, okay, whenever I think, my thinking is going to go down a certain track. 
and it's going to follow a certain um, logical progression to some conclusion. And that conclusion may be accurate or it may be not, but the point is that it's a habit. And those mental habits actually keep you going down a particular path. It's a kind of inertia. And for to for the telepathy to develop and de develop more effectively, you have to practice getting out of those mental pathways because uh, it's going to require a new set of tracks in your mind to do that. And the beautiful thing about telepathy, at least from our perspective, is there's actually love fueling that. There is a desire to connect that's fueling that and a desire to exchange that's fueling that. We like the word here, you know, a lot of people talk about give and take, but it's really a shared experience. And it's not just me sharing with you, it's us sharing with each other. And these, as we're interacting right now, it's a sharing experience. And I may be a little more aware of it and what's going on in those dynamics, but it's still a sharing experience. And whenever you approach people from that, you might think of it, and this is kind of a dirty word in some uh, versions of reality, but when you approach it with vulnerability, you know, that kind of innocent openness, that receptivity to experience, then that opens up the telepathy even that much more. And for that matter, the empathy as well. But we'll talk about that a little bit more in a second. The thing about that telepathy is once you accept that it's possible, and a lot of times it's easier to accept it whenever you've practiced in your imagination. You know, a lot of people actually do. They'll talk to their friends in their head. They never have the conversation in person, but they'll talk to them in their head. Um, or they all talk to their guides and angels in their head all the time. And maybe they have this beautiful exchange or maybe they're not aware of anything coming back, but they're just sharing. Well, the more you do that, the more comfortable your psyche gets with, okay, this is possible. And whenever you notice, like you were saying, that's, you know, in those examples, it's like whenever you're noticing that these kinds of things are happening, it's like, yeah, you want to celebrate that. You want to validate that. You want to remind yourself that, hey, this is normal for me. This is absolutely normal for me to be able to have telepathic exchange, a telepathic sharing with any, anybody I want to. And of course, that encourages it to develop because in a lot of advanced, and especially 5D and beyond, it would take forever to have a conversation the way people in 3 and 4D have conversations. You know, the, the exchange that we're having here with these words is, from our perspective, exceedingly slow. And of course, fortunately, we don't have a really a sense of time. <laughs> so, but if we were here, it would be like, wow, this is a really long time to say something that a couple of breaths could say. Just, and you get it, right? It's just a package that's exchanged. And so, you know, the more you practice, and the beautiful thing about that, the more you practice is the faster that communication happens and the further you can progress in those exchanges, you know, from something that might take weeks or months to something that takes merely seconds, two or three breaths, and an awful lot has 
has been exchanged in the, in the energy. And you're able to perceive that quite clearly because there's really nothing in the way in your mind to prevent you from perceiving clearly. And the same kind of thing with empathy. Empathy requires that active open heart. It certainly requires that vulnerability, that innocent receptivity to experience. And it's also essentially acknowledging that there is beauty, that there is something precious, that there's something special to receive from someone. And I know there are a lot of empaths on the planet. There's a lot of empaths in the star seed light worker community. Um, and it can be hard sometimes to open or to keep open those empathic channels just because, well, they can also experience discomfort. They can experience their other, other people's pain, you know, and a lot of people who feel unsettled for no apparent reason are doing so because, well, they're really picking up on other people's energy. And so it can be really hard to navigate that sometimes. And if that's, if that's you, then what I want to really encourage you to do is to learn how to aim your empathy, okay? And what I mean by that is, yes, I can be sensitive to other people's pain and have that empathetic response, but I can also be sensitive to other people's joy, other people's peace, other people's confidence, and be receptive to that energy as well. And so exercise your own volition in choosing basically what frequency you want to tap into on that empathetic level. Because if you can do it for one, you can do it for any. And it can be quite astounding, actually, to tap into the love that exists within another being, the joy that exists within another being. It can be actually rather exhilarating. So mm, beautiful. Thank you. Because sometimes we look at the word empathy as we say, I'm empathic. I can feel people. We're just feeling the pain. So you're helping us broaden the horizon of those frequencies, tapping into the frequencies. Wonderful, beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's natural. It's like the pathways are open. It's just a matter of where you want to direct them. And it is so possible to do that. Absolutely. All right, beautiful. So there's things that we would like to discuss with you. And one is what's a probable and intended future for Earth? Well, there's several. One that stands out very strongly. It's actually already been unfolding, essentially starting with the harmonic convergence back in 1987 in your time. Um, but there is this uh, continual uh, progression toward unification. And by unification, I mean people recognizing their resonance with each other in various ways. Um, these could be considered like in terms of uh, specific hobbies or interests or uh, vocations, occupations, that kind of thing. Um, there, one of the strongest probabilities that we're seeing right now is that even though the planet is being, it's, you know, as I look into the astral, it looks like 
the agitation of a washing machine. You know, it's like really sloshing around quite a bit. And that's a good thing, but it's a very uncomfortable thing. It's good from the standpoint that it's helping to um, release uh, heavier energies and to be confronted with negating, not necessarily negative, but negating beliefs uh, that people have so that they can progress to a higher level of understanding and a higher level of harmony and peace with each other. And to recognize, you know, here now, there seems to be a lot of fussiness and a lot of division. Uh, part of that is necessary uh, because even though there's division, it's still a group saying, hey, we're all alike in our particular perspective. And so it's connection, even while it's division. And there will come a point where it's like, hey, I'm tired of the struggle. I'm tired of the fussing and fighting. It's like, how can we cooperate? And that's one of the biggest things that's in, uh, evolving uh, right now for humanity is the whole cooperation versus competition which is a much more feminine rather than masculine attitude. Cooperation is definitely a feminine attribute, a uh, feminine consciousness dynamic. And humanity is evolving into that. And the beauty of that is when you get into cooperative mode, then really it's like the recognition that we are all kindred and that we all are um, lovingly able to watch out for each other, take care of each other, and want to be there and be supportive of each other in whatever ways is possible. And people looking to each other, not necessarily to get help, but it's like, how can I share my love in this situation? How can I share my caring or my wisdom or my whatever it happens to be? You know, people looking at ways to uh, identify what they have plenty of and where they can share that with others, just naturally. It's not forced, it's just a natural thing. And another element of this is to consider that, especially with respect to <laughs> star seeds and light workers, your soul memory is saturated with experiences of more advanced uh, cultures. And you know, whether it's Pleiadian, Syrian, or, you know, a dozen others easily, and, and then some, um, you know, it's like bringing that soul memory to the surface to say, hey, let's try it this way. You know, what would happen if we focused more on cooperation, for example? You know, what would happen if we look to how we can benefit each other rather than how we can take from each other, that kind of thing? Um, what would happen if we suddenly accepted that it really is true that what I do unto others, I do unto myself and really live by that principle because advanced ET cultures do. You know, one of the things that's very obvious uh, from our perspective is that the more advanced a culture is, the more self-responsible the individuals are and the more uh, cooperative they are without you know it doesn't have to be legislated uh, it just is and so you're essentially evolving 
out of external controls because everybody will be tapping into source presence for that guidance. And source is the pinnacle of harmony. And so when we're all tapping into that same source of guidance and following it, then it's a very harmonious, very uplifting state for everyone. Does that make sense? Yes, and it has us thinking about the current state of world affairs where politics and governments are getting, being watched more um, because they're not really in this unification. They're not being very mature as humans. And so it seems like that will fall away. Can you talk more about uh, there are some who are frightened to see democracy crumble. So is it democracy giving way to something even better? Can you talk on this? Hmm. Well, yeah, because well, let's say it this way. Whatever labels you have for governmental structures, those will become obsolete as you awaken and unify, okay? Because if you observe closely, these labels, you know, you're told that there's a certain definition for this label, like democracy or socialism or fascism or whatever it is. But then there's how people... There's what people want to do in the name of these various labels. And none of it's necessarily that progressive. None of it's that necessarily that respectful. Uh, the tendency with these kinds of labels is like, well, if I'm a if I'm a this and you're a that, well, I can't like you, I can't respect you, I can't, you know, because then then I would be labeled like you, and then that would be trouble. And you know. None of them really are all that exciting from our perspective. Um, whenever, well, it, like in my society in the Pleiades, uh, one of hundreds and hundreds. So, you know, there's plenty of differences, but also some similarities among the more advanced races. It's like if you're expecting someone external to control the world for you, then you're missing the point. But if you can be responsible for your part of the world or your personal world, then they tend to harmonize. You know, and so instead of democracy, why not harmony see? <laughs> you know, because you are all equals. And we have yet to see on this planet, we have yet to see a form of government that actually played that role of all equals. It's always somebody knows better than somebody else and then somebody gets slighted and then there's greed and there's all this subterfuge. And it's like, you know, why can't everybody just be real? You know, ultimately that's what you're evolving into. That's part of the 5D consciousness. And so with this 
cleaning up the planet? What are your thoughts about the environment, um, global warming? Um, it, it seems like the, the, the issue, the label of global warming is actually doing a job to awaken people to care and respect for the planet. So what can we as humans then really accelerate the caring for the environment? Is there anything that we can do outside of awakening to who we are, awakening to oneness consciousness? Hmm. I would certainly say that's the first thing to do. And then from there, whatever your heart calls you to do, whatever you feel inspired by the divine to do, okay? Because truly beloved, um, what you call here global warming is just a natural cycle. It's it's really not caused by what a lot of them are saying it's caused by. It's just a natural cycle. And that doesn't mean it can't mm, cause issues, but you gotta understand, Every human being is going through its own cycle. The challenge is because you live such short, ridiculously short lives, okay? Up to 100 years, that's teeny tiny speck of time, okay? And when you think about the earth being billions of years old and going through its cycles, then it can seem like when one of these cycles comes around that it's a big deal. And because your history doesn't necessarily record or it's not uh, published publicly, uh, what your scientists absolutely know about the cycles of uh, global warming, then it's like, okay, we can use this as a political talking point to control and manipulate, when in fact, it really is just, you know, love to the best of your ability. That's, that's the rule. You know, your, your purpose on this planet Whatever the role you play, your purpose on this planet is to tap into that presence of unconditional love that you are and express it in the ways that are most natural and meaningful to you. And certainly cleaning up the planet is a good idea. And But if you don't, the planet will eventually clean itself, which may not be much fun for most of its residents. So would be wise to be mindful, to recycle, to put put your garbage where it belongs and actually to minimize uh, as much as possible the waste, okay, and live more in harmony with nature instead of attempting to be a uh, you are stewards of nature, not tyrants of nature. And the more you treat nature as a brother, as a sister, as part of your own family, um, then the more everything smooths out and cleans up. And yeah. Mm, that is beautiful. And it, it makes us look and feel as if when this great individual awakening happens and we move into harmony and peace and love because of this oneness consciousness all the old structures will no longer even be valid well, there'll be no need for them oh. really you know uh, 
in the, the last physical incarnation I had in the Pleiades, we had no governmental structure, as you understand it. There were like local organizations, village organizations and that sort of thing. And there were certainly um, liaisons between. But, you know, the basic rule uh, of the culture I was a part of, the basic rule was do your joy. Don't do anything that's not your joy. That was the rule. Do your joy. Yeah. I love that. And so uh, egos will hear that one way. If you tap into your soul presence, you're going to hear it another way. Doing it, doing your joy from the ego standpoint might mean just do what feels good or just do what is uh, provides momentary satisfaction. But joy arises from the heart. It really arises from the soul. And so it's basically saying following soul guidance, which is joyful, even blissful. Um, and don't do anything that isn't that. And since every soul is connected, then then what you what you do, the actions you take, your aspirations, they all harmonize with everybody else. You know, that's like there's a uh, in your organizations, uh, organizational skills, they say a place for everything and everything in its place, right? But when everybody's being authentically themselves and doing their joy, then it cooperates naturally with everybody else. And it doesn't require a lot of management any more than river uh, water flowing down a river requires management. Beautiful. Really rich in the information and the awareness, the expansion of consciousness here with this discussion. And so one thing that I am interested in asking about is activation of our soul memory mm -hmm. of advanced ET past lives. How would we know? This is a big question from our audience. How do we know where we're starseeds from? How do we know if we were ET advanced masters? How do we activate this soul memory? Oh, that's a very good question. And well, typically it's going to be an intuitively, intuitively aware thing, okay? And some people won't know um, at first. You know, we uh, many years ago uh, when Jaron was doing a channeling, uh, we actually joked instead said he still thinks he is human. <laughs> it's before he knew he was a walk-in. And of course, that made him wonder about that and eventually you know, figured it out. Um, it really is just a matter of wondering, asking that question. You know, if you need to know, if it's going to help you to know, then you absolutely can know. Chances are, if you're listening to an interaction like this, you probably are uh, a starseed, an ET, and, you know, probably more, more along the lines of an older soul. Um, lots of practice incarnating in various worlds but it's ask just ask your heart for that okay if you uh, a lot of people it's like if you don't have your soul name or your star name as some people uh call it then then ask for that contemplate that meditate on that 
you know, wonder what it is going back to where we started this conversation and asking the question and wondering about things, you know, it's just wonder about that because whenever you one, it's usually easier for people to get their star name or their soul name. Um, and then once you get that, that is an anchor point for, it's essentially a gateway into that soul memory. And it could be a soul memory for a specific life. It could be the soul memory for a series of lives in a particular location somewhere in the galaxy and be able to bring that in, you know, being open to clues, because if it's time for you to know, then your spirit, your soul, your guides and angels are going to put little clues in your way for you to see. And, you know, maybe it's music, maybe it's a particular book. Maybe you overhear somebody talking about something and it resonates with you. Uh, maybe you interact with another star seed and really feel a strong resonance with them. And they know it's like, well, I, hey, I'm, you know, from Sirius, like, wow, you know, maybe I'm from Sirius too. And, uh, and it goes like that. Or maybe if you have a particular affinity for uh, a specific animal, um, and not just dolphins and whales, but definitely dolphins and whales, but lions and tigers and octopi and a few other things here that because a lot of the animals on this planet actually were brought here uh, by ETs to help seed this planet. So, you know, pay attention to things like that, too, that may not seem connected, but which actually are connected to your soul history, and your soul memory. Another thing that we would suggest, which is a little more involved, but still a relatively easy practice, is to dedicate your dream time to the memory, uh, to remembering. You know, so like you can dream, and some people do dream, and they actually dream about their past lives or their dreams or memories of their past lives. Sometimes their dreams are actually alternate lives that they're having. But, you know, you can dedicate your dream time, like you know, literally using these words, I dedicate this dream time to the realization and manifestation of my soul history or, you know, anything along those lines. I dedicate this dream time to the realization and manifestation of my soul history. And do that for two or three nights, or some might do it up till seven nights in a row. But you'll, most people will do it from three to seven nights, and then they'll forget about it. But by then, they will have activated that mechanism that helps bring that memory forward for them. Does that make sense? Yes, and we're excited to go to sleep. Yes, beautiful. So <laughs> There's something I can add to this whole thing. Like I was talking about being attached to your old version of reality. Um, like I was talking about the granddaughter. It, it's it's also being willing to let go of your attachment to who you think you are. Because if you are, if you're really caught up in, you know, I'm this person, here's my name. I'm a mother, I'm a daughter, I'm a father, I'm a whatever. And to become aware of those things like soul memory and who you are on the ships right now or other places, other worlds right now, it, it, it's going to break you out of that box. So the more you're willing to just 
practice, you know, just even just walk, wow, it looks like I have a body. It looks like I'm this person with this name, but this is just one tiny facet of me. There's so much more to me. And you start flexing that muscle and getting more flexible about your identity and how you define reality and what's good and bad and right and wrong. And all that's got to go if you want to move into 5D because none of that exists in 5D. That's all polarity thinking. The more you're going to just naturally remember it's it's all right here. It's not far away. It's all it's all accessible right now. But one of the things that holds people back is that attachment to what how you think things are and how you think and what you think you are and what you're identified with. And so the process of awakening is peeling away those layers that, oh, that, that's an old identity. It's falling away now. I was really attached to that. And that's that weird thing too. You know, it feels weird when that vibration is hitting those identities that aren't really you. And it's time to let that layer go. And so, so the more you're flexible about that and just willing to let go and surrender, that's, that's part of what surrender means, spiritual surrender, the more you'll just know I don't even think of it as a memory. I just know, you know, who, who I was, which really all time is now in this life or that life. It's all accessible right now. The less attached you are to this one singular identity and the, the vast scope of the real you. Wow. Yes. All right. Very, very good. Well, um, I would like to ask Jaron, um, channeling Osrakai, Osrakai, channeling Osrakai, Osrakai, before you leave, is there anything else you'd like to share about this beautiful process? I know that you, you, you give us some beautiful questions to contemplate. Uh, the questions bring us into oneness consciousness. Is there anything else about how we can accelerate the manifestation of 5D oneness consciousness? Oh, absolutely. Um, that, this is a subject that's near and dear to my heart. So we could actually talk for quite, quite a long time. Um, one thing is actually a couple of things. Well, okay. There's so many flying through right now. I, it's hard to pick. <laughs> so one thing to consider is this thing called awakening. This thing called evolution. This thing called accessing or entering or evolving into oneness consciousness. It's actually not something that you have to make happen because, in fact, it is a natural progression, okay? Just as surely as if you put a seed in its appropriate environment, soil, it's got its moisture, it's got its warmth, it's going to sprout. It's going to grow. It's going to blossom. And it's going to fruit, okay? And you, as a soul, are no different, okay? And so, as much as anything, awakening, evolving, ascending into 5D is an allowing thing. 
not a making it happen thing, which of course, this is another element of the divine feminine. Well, it's allowing, okay? It's, you know, being certainly being open to what that means to you and being detached, you know, from whatever it is you think you are now, but it's also thinking about in terms of, you know, what does it mean to you, all right? Because source is everything. And if source is everything, then any part of it that you tap into, any element, any frequency has to be a part of source. And so if you think of source in terms of unconditional love, and you aspire to not only feel, but express unconditional love, to practice that, then you naturally are aligning with that 5D consciousness, you know, living from that place, because you absolutely can do that in this version of reality. Absolutely can. Although your version of reality would tend to smooth out and harmonize quite a bit if you you know, get to that point, but it's like relaxing into that inevitable blossoming. I really want to encourage you to think of it in those terms. It's like my soul is inevitably blossoming into 5D, right? And the reason I encourage this is one, because it is natural for you to evolve into that higher dimensional state. Two, when you relax into it, then the ego conditioning doesn't have to get in the way as much, okay? A lot of times egos work really hard, but the progress is more horizontal than vertical, to use that languaging. And you can literally relax and float up, to use that languaging. You know, relax, relax. The best first response to anything is relax. But one of the beautiful things about relaxing is, is whenever you relax, not only your emotions, but your body you're actually allowing the energy that naturally flows to flow more freely at a higher volume, at a higher rate. And that's just like putting an ice cube in the sunshine. And what happens to an ice cube in the sunshine? It ascends. It didn't do anything to make it happen. It just took advantage of nature and it evaporates into mist. And so really and truly, and this is going to be a hard thing I know for some ego consciousnesses to get because you're used to working really hard to get somewhere. But the more you relax, the more you relax into the love that you are, the joy that you are, the peace that you are, you know, the more you practice that, the more you trust that, the more you naturally raise your consciousness, raise your vibration to higher and higher levels. It's an amazing thing to watch, actually. So simple, but effective. But we're all about the grace and ease path, eh? which is very effective, actually. Make sense? Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much for that. That makes it effortless. It is effortless. It feels effortless. And just the imagery of an ice cube ascending <laughs> is one that we will take away and as we as we move on our journey and allow as we allow 
this love that we are to flow forward, naturally blossom, our soul naturally blossoming. So beautiful, so uplifting. Thank you so much, Oz Rakai. Anything you'd like to share before we say goodbye? Just thank you very much, beloved. It's been a delight to share with you all today. You know, know that my heart is with you. I take great delight in watching beings evolve in this world. You know, it's a considerable investment of time and energy to incarnate into this version of reality because it's not, as they say, it's not a cakewalk. And yet you wouldn't do it if you didn't have not only the, the what is the term, the gumption, but the inner resources to navigate this adventure here. You know, for your soul, this is play. However serious it may seem from your ego's point of view. And when you're most you're most playful, you're your most powerful. I really encourage you to remember that and carry that around in your heart. Because you're more powerful than you realize. But that power is surfacing. That presence of love that you are is surfacing. You can relax and breathe and allow it to unfold. Doesn't mean you don't take deliberate action. It doesn't mean you don't quote, quote, work or actually make effort in alignment with your ideal. It's understanding that you're flowing with the impeccable streams of consciousness that source is. And in so doing, you cannot possibly miss the mark. Cannot possibly. And yeah. And have a glorious, glorious rest of your day. And we will look forward to seeing you in your dream time. And next time, whenever that should happen to be. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. It's like we want to take a big exhale. That is beautiful. It's a great way to describe it. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful uh, words. And um, yeah, really incredible. Thank you so much. And we've got a few minutes got a few minutes left and I want to I want to have you share on the book that you wrote Unlocking Your Soul Treasures. This is a book that you wrote with Azra Kai and it's part of your special offer. Share with us ways that people can advance their own oneness consciousness with this package. You want to take that? I, I'm just going to if I talk about it I'm just going to bubble because that book, the what she wrote, the way she wrote it, the points she made are just knock your socks off amazing. I was just like, wow, wow, wow. Every page, every paragraph. It's so rich. Um, and it's like, I, I love her style because 
not only does she share these brilliant, absolutely brilliant insights, but she she asked the most perfect questions, it seems to me. It's like you'll be, you know, cruising along through this uh, material and then bam, she hits you with this question that really makes you think and really makes you go deep. And uh, yeah, still they're they're always facilitating. You know, it's not just they're not just talking and teaching and sharing information. They're facilitating transformation with everything. And this this little book is really it's just you know to me it's mind blowing. I just but of course I I love this stuff anyway. But the way she did it was just so great. She she helps you understand a lot of the book is about understanding consciousness, how consciousness works, and you know there's this analogy with a car, like you don't need to necessarily know how a car works in order to drive it, but you do need to understand how your own consciousness works in order to evolve it and transcend this plane. And so it's a wonderful, uh, you know, starter manual and it does, you know, blow away a lot of old um, assumptions about spirituality, about what the soul is that are in a lot of circles right now. Um, there's just the to understand from the higher dimensional level. It's you know it just purely comes through and get that point of view a little bit more. The ego can't fully comprehend in any way. The human mind can't. But to get a glimpse of that from that point of view, looking in and providing perspectives, tools, questions that help draw you, draw out that knowing and help raise you to that state. You know, people talk about raising your vibration. It's like, how do you do that? You know, well, this is one way and it's so much more. It's about becoming that. It's not just a vibration thing. You become that. If you really want to be a master, this, this book, along with the Conscious Awakening package from the our last interview those are great manuals great uh and the audios that come with those packages uh precursors to a lot of the classes we'll be doing down the road we, you know we talked about a mastery empowerment course really helping people okay here are the steps so to speak or you know that that we have used that have been most effective and if you're hearing that straight from an ascended master <laughs> you know you can't argue with that and there are several ways, like you said, but the essence is the same. The principles are the same that we all need to cultivate and work with and evolve into. So the book addresses that, addresses soul perspective. Why does the soul incarnate? What is this really about? And, and you know, a lot of those things, like uh, people think of the earth school and from the ET Ascended Master point of view, it's not really a school. That was still another construct that many spiritual people took on and that needs to fall away too as you evolve to the next level you had to think of it that way you know it's what i call old school metaphysics you know those ideas came out in the early 1900s and a lot of those books written but then that falls away too and you start to realize wait it's way easier than i thought <laughs> and and that's exciting and that's expansive in and of itself so the book kind of helps you progress into that feeling state as you read it along and it's not one of those you can just plow through none of the stuff we provide is things to plow through you really stop and contemplate a statement or a question uh you know or even a paragraph to get the most out of it and of course it's something you can use over and over so it's clarifying a lot of misunderstandings and and giving that higher perspective and what's essential 
in order to evolve, evolve into these higher states that you're wanting. The audio is complimentary and it's, uh, it's from her. It's a class that um, was called Determining Your Destiny and it's about becoming more empowered. This is all a part of the package that goes with the ebook. Uh, our package is called Unlocking Your Soul Treasures. And so she gets into similar things and like uh, one, one thing is a condition that regardless of positive affirmations or other efforts will certainly impede, if not entirely thwart what you're wanting to accomplish. So that's just kind of a taste of many, many things in the audio uh, class and helping you understand where you're holding yourself back and how to make that switch. And it's like, oh, okay. And, uh, and also the third piece to the package is, um, uh, activate your creatorship. And that's a channeled sound, um, event that I did channel sound activation that helps people really, uh, I, I give a teaching at the beginning and then it's like a mini channeling and it and helps unlock that, uh, part of you that you're creating all the time. You just don't understand it. You know, people talk about, oh, you, you manifested that when it's something good. It's like, well, yeah, you're manifesting everything 24 seven. It's just a matter of what part of you is manifesting. How conscious are you of that? How actively are you making those choices? Mm -hmm. So this channeled sound activation helps to unlock that um, conscious creatorship. And the teaching at the beginning sets that up and how uh, some specific things, one thing that's very much overlooked in that process of owning your creatorship and activating it. So we put together a nice little package that will really help, that's rich and that will really help you accelerate your path. Thank you so much for this. Again, this uh, special offer is available on this webpage. There's a link that you'll see. So wherever you're watching or listening, you'll see a link right there to the special offer, even on this webpage. And I wanna say what an incredible value um, for expanding consciousness and moving into oneness consciousness a really great tool and a very good price, uh, a, a, an investment in the soul that is affordable. And it is like going to a, a couple of feature length movies, but yet we're activating so much in our consciousness by doing so. So thank you for that. And it's available for everyone to begin working with. And again, it's such a good price as well. So thank you. Yes. Thank you. And so we are complete in our show. And I thank both of you. Jaron, welcome back. Thank you. Somra, thank you for your input on this show as well. And I just want to give you each a quick moment as we say goodbye. Do you want to take that, Jaron, or are you still I'll, coming back from your channel? I'll coming back. So if you go ahead and then I'll, I'll follow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm not sure how much to add to this wonderful, rich uh, sharing that Ajrakai did, but the, um, you know, I, I would just say the self-responsibility, that's one of the things that stands out. We mentioned that in the last interview too, you, you kind of had that reckoning, Loren. It really is about that. You're here for you folks. You're not here to save the planet. The planet doesn't need saving. It's on its own path. It's doing what it needs to do your own personal transformation is what contributes to the planet uh, evolving and healing and all of that. And you don't need to worry about that. You don't need to carry those burdens. 
Um, like like Azure Kai mentioned, the whole global warming thing is totally normal. And actually, we do know in our history, there's been a medieval global warming where the, the Earth was actually hotter than it is now. And so our scientists know that. And it, it through those cycles, it's just normal. Actually, the whole solar system is heating up, folks. It's the sun. It's not because of SUVs driving around, okay? But we definitely can take care of our planet more. But it's really about taking care of you. What are your needs? What's your well-being in an honest, sincere way? And being with you and loving you and all parts of you. And that contributes to the expansion of the whole of humanity. Everything goes into the collective consciousness. Everything each of us learns and evolves through faces and expands into the next level of ourselves. And it's, it can be a beautiful process when you see it that way. And like we said in, the, in Azure Kai's book, seeing from the soul's perspective really helps you to see it that way and live from that place more fully. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and I would just, just say, you know, it's like, you know, there's really so much opportunity to awaken. And, and I, I believe that certainly the energies encourage that today, but also believe that um, just in general, our, our souls are waking up. They're wanting to wake up. They're waking up. They're wanting to evolve beyond the conflict of 3D polarity consciousness. And, and there's, you know, so many opportunities to do that. And it's just a matter of embracing those opportunities. It's like, you know, listening to our hearts and, you know, be open to our guidance. And, you know, sometimes that guidance is going to be different from what our conditioned mind tells us to do or tells us that we're supposed to do. And, you know, and that's okay. It's, you know, it's like, Years ago, I heard, you know, if you, uh, the definition of insanity is doing the same things, expecting different results. And it's like, well, if I want to, to, you know, I had a spiritual mentor years ago say, you know, if you, if you want to have a different life, you have to not just do different, but be different. And for me, that be different was the key, you know, it's like, as I'd done a lot of different, which really wasn't all that different. Uh, when I started trying to be different, practicing being different, that's when life really started changing. And, you know, whatever tools that we can use to help us do that, I know what the ET masters uh, share, everything out of their mouth is designed to, to help us do that. And it's so worth, you know, taking advantages of the wisdom that they offer because it helps us to remember who we are. And that's, you know, for aiming toward one is then then that's the name of the game remember here we are so yeah beautiful well thank you both for this very enlightening mind expanding conversation with the et masters and we again invite our beautiful seeking audience to check out this special offer and work with the et ascended masters thank you both so much namaste Thank you. Namaste. Thank you for listening to this quantum conversation. And thank you for dancing with us to the cosmic heart. As we raise our own vibration, we raise the vibration of the planet. This show is dedicated to you and all awakening hearts as we are here to shine our bright light and amplify our love. 
access all quantum conversations, special offers from our guests, and online healing retreats by visiting AcousticHealth.com. I'm Loren Gailey, and from my sacred heart to yours, I honor your magnificent love and light. We leave you now with music from the universe. Music literally created by the universe as musical notes were assigned to mathematical equations. The result is this beautiful music available at AcousticHealth.com. Namaste. Namaste.